Welcome to Pitchside Perspective Podcast with your hosts Stuart Sharples and Jack Kolazar. Hello everyone and welcome back for episode 3 of Pitchside Perspective Podcast. Before we begin, I just want to take a big thank you to everyone that's reached out in the last week and listened to the last episode. It means a lot if you could like, subscribe and follow this channel as we move forward and give you more episodes. Today we're going to talk about the transfer window. With it set to close in 24 hours, it's going to be an exciting time. We're going to go through each team and give them a grade and look at what they might need as the deadline is about to close. How's it going, Jack? How are you today? Yeah, good, thank you. Excited, obviously, a big moment of the season with the transfer window. will be closing soon and uh, interested to see what happens in the last few hours. Yeah, it seems like transfers are already going ahead today. It's been quite quite a busy day, I'm sure. Uh, Fabrizio has been busy on the, on his old blower. Um, but yeah, the next few hours are definitely going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to this episode of uh, talking about every team. What uh, What beer of choice today? Uh, today I have a beer from Wild Air Beer Works. Wild Air Beer Works. And it is the Inherent Vice House Lager. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 for taste, but for can, the artwork, label, I don't know what you call it really, can design, uh, I'm going to give it 11 out of 10. It's very cool. We do love a cool can. Um, I've gone for a six-point brewery. Um, I think this is based out of Brooklyn. Um, so it's called a sweet action. It's a it's a pale ale, um, almost like a lager. Um, not quite an exciting can as yours, but uh, the beer tastes good, so I'll take that. Yeah, Wild Air Beer Works. I think mine from is from Asbury Park, New Jersey. So uh, I don't know if you're thinking the same, but I'm hoping uh, maybe in a few episodes we start getting beers for free and people start sponsoring us. So if you're listening and you know any beer companies, uh, please feel free to donate some free beer towards us. It won't go uh, missed. Yeah, we'll go to West. So, uh, yeah, I think we crack on. We get straight into the nitty-gritty. We go straight into the transfers. Um, I don't know about you, Jack, but I remember as a kid as well, like Sky Sports was on. I'd be looking at it on the day. We didn't really have phones growing up, but you were just, like, checking out, probably on uh, teletext, looking at what the uh, the news was coming in. What about you? Yeah, Jim White, Sky Sports News, yellow tie-on, letting us know what's going on in the, in the dying hours. A few funny ones too with players turning up to training grounds and transfers not happening and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but this year, record's broken. Most money spent, I think, ever in the Premier League. Over £2 billion so far, and it's still not done yet. Yeah, I think tomorrow's going to be a busy day. I think, uh, like I've been looking today at a few teams, and there's a lot of business, I think, still needs to be done. Um, I think we go through alphabetically, but I've got a little challenge for you this week. So, as you know, there's been some big, big transfer deadline day signings. Um, I was thinking of one in particular, uh, and this is for the listeners as well. So I'm not actually going to say the answer till the end of the episode. I'm going to read out for you, Jack. He's career. I'm going to give you the years, give you the teams he played for. And then you're going to have a little think. And at the end, we'll see if you your answer is right. And this is someone who's famous for being a deadline day signing. Yeah, I wouldn't say he was famous for being a deadline day signing, but he was a deadline day signing and is a very... Yeah, he's a he's a big player. Everyone knows who yeah. this is. So, he started his career in 1991. His first team was FC Nantes of France. Uh, from there, he moved on to Marseille, where he played for one year. And then he transferred to Celta Vigo. From Celta Vigo, he went to Real Madrid. He was at Real Madrid from 2000 to 2003. And from Madrid, on deadline day, he transferred to Chelsea. Well, He spent five years at Chelsea. He won the Premier League twice. I believe he won the FA Cup as well. And then he transferred to PSG to see out his career before retiring. Would you like me to run through the teams again? I think we're quick way. So we got, he started off at FC Nantes in France, went to Marseille, then to Celta Vigo, then to Madrid, then for £16.8 million, went to Chelsea, then went to PSG, and then retired. 
So have a think. We'll come back to it at the end. Listeners, have a think. See if you can get it. I'll be impressed if you do. And uh, with that all being said, let's start with uh, the first A of the Premier League, and that is Arsenal. Jack, what's your thoughts on Arsenal? Um, I think maybe people are getting a little bit carried away with their transfer business and rating it a little bit too highly. I think Declan Rice, obviously a very good player they've signed, but he was available. He was looking to move. They're the team that managed to get it over the line. Well done for that. Kai Havertz, let's see. Uh, not convinced where his time at Chelsea, although he scored the Champions League winning goal. Never frown at that. I think it was close to 100 best. million. 100 million yeah. to Guy Havertz. It's a lot of money. Yeah, but you could argue it's 100 million for someone who scored the winning goal in Champions League final, I guess. And he's still quite young, only for 24. Um, Timber, I think, is a good signing. I think he picked up an injury, which is unfortunate, but a good signing there. So, three players that you would say Declan Rice goes into your starting 11. Kai Havertz, no matter what position you play him, isn't better than what they already had. He's not a better striker than Jesus. He's not a better number 10 than Odegaard. And he's not a better wide midfielder than Martinelli or Saka. Uh, Timber, I think, is a good addition. But I think ultimately the biggest problem is the reason they didn't win the league last year was not because of centre midfield. It was because they didn't have a proven, consistent goal scorer who is reliable. And they haven't addressed that. They brought in a real good centre midfielder. They brought in a good defensive option. They brought in someone who I see as a backup attacking midfielder. But they haven't addressed the issue, which is a striker. I agree with that striker part. I think I think Arsenal have done well to add squad depth. I think if you look at Man City, right, they've got two players in every position. I don't think Arsenal quite had that last year. Um, I agree that bringing in Kai Havertz, although he has started the last few games, you're right. He's, they need and they're crying out for a striker. They can't rely on Jesus, I think. I, like many people, had him in like a fantasy team at the start of my season last year, banging in goals week in, week out, then picks up that injury, right? And then he's out. Then he became inconsistent when he came back from that. You look at... I think you look at any team around the world who win things, what do they have? A goal machine, right? Haaland at Man City. They need somebody like that. And I think you're right, Declan Rice was a superb signing for them. Um... Another signing that kind of baffled me with Arsenal is the the goalkeeper signing with David Raya. I think if I'm Ramsdale, I'm kind of looking over my shoulder there saying, does my does my boss want David Raya in as a number one? Is he trying to push me here? Yeah, I think it's a balance between competition for places, but also unsettling your current players, right? And I think maybe that one was a bit more of an unsettling signing than maybe competition. Goalkeeping is one of those positions where I think that's the one spot on your team where you want the number one to have the confidence of being a number one. Um, I was a little bit surprised too that they let the the young striker go to Monaco, uh, Balogun. Yeah. Um, just because, like I say, I think they are a bit thin. Well, first of all, I don't think they have the quality they need at striker. And I think he has a lot of potential. But, um, yeah, I thought they would have kept him around. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I still... I haven't really heard too many rumours, though, as well, with Arsenal about who they might sign in the next few uh, few hours. But I think there'll be a close one. I think they might have a, a sneaky bid in there of somebody who might be available. As you know, the deadline day is kind of like a jigsaw, right? You find one piece and then the next piece moves on. So, I mean, for me, the grade I've given Arsenal is a B. I think they've done yeah. okay, but I think they haven't pushed on to what they need, and that's that striker. That, that is the grid I would have given them to is a B, but I think if they bring a striker in, um, a proven striker in, which is hard to find these days, I don't think there's a lot of top, top strikers around, but if they find one, I think that can go up to an A, um, A plus even, if they get a real top striker in, but yeah, I agree. All right, so Arsenal are in the B. Moving on, Aston Villa. Aston Villa I think are going to have an impressive season. I think the signings they've made, I think they've had some fantastic business. Yuri Tillemans on a free. I know last year he was fairly poor for Leicester, but I still think he's a good player. I kind of wanted Man United to sign him last year, especially on a free transfer. I kind of see that as like a Christian Eriksen signing almost. Like, you know what you're getting, it's a free transfer. 
And I think a free transfer of that quality is a rare commodity at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's very low risk, isn't it? It's free transfer. Obviously, you have to pay the wages, but even if it turns out to not be great and as a repeat of last season, they had at Leicester, you haven't lost too much there at all. Paul Torres is a centre-back that I think is a classy, classy defender. I think that's a good signing there. He was being he was being looked at by top European teams only twelve months ago. Man United, Madrid, all of these teams were looking at him, and now he's ended up at Aston Villa. Yeah, there definitely bigger clubs were rumored to be interested in him than Aston Villa. So done well to bring him in. Diaby, I don't know that much about, but it's definitely had a lively start to the season. Looks good. I like how, it. how good does he look in the in the last few games? Rapid, got an eye for a goal. I think he's one to watch for sure. Yeah, and on the other end, I haven't. I haven't lost a lot, right? I haven't lost a lot, really. I think the biggest uh, outgoing they had in terms of money was Archer out of Sheffield United. I was surprised by that. Like, I've got, I've got a Villa fan I follow on uh, on Facebook and uh, banging on about Cameron Archer. I, I heard he was going to be potential, he's going to be good, and for him to, to be let go, I think, was a little bit of a surprise. Um, and then they had another fella, um, Aaron Ramsey. Not the Aaron Ramsey of old of uh, the Aston uh, the Arsenal days, but he was another youngster. He's uh, the younger brother of um, Jacob Ramsey, who's in the squad at the moment. Yeah, um, I think there's three Ramsey brothers, and uh, he was supposed to be potential as well. But for me, Aston Villa, I've only put three teams as a, an A grade, and they're one of them. I'll go A minus. I think the problem now with Mings getting injured is they're going to have to replace him, right? Um, that's what they need to do in their last bit of business is, I mean, fortunately they brought Pau Torres in. I think they need, a, a loan signing would be great if they can't do a transfer, but bring in that backup centre-back, I think. Well, according to my sources on Twitter, um, Longley, who was, who's at Barcelona, was at Tottenham last year, is supposedly coming in on a, on a loan. Um, you heard it here first, folks, Longley to Aston Villa. Um, so that might be secured tomorrow, but I think, yeah, I think they get a centre-back and I think they're solid. I thought they might have got Harry Maguire. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but um, would probably be quite a good fit now, depending on the financial side. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of loans as well, right, tomorrow with FIFA Fair Play and also just, like, the timeline. Um, okay, Let's go, let's go A-minus, a and what they need to do, address, is a centre-back... Uh, but it looks like they might have that already sorted out. Fingers crossed. Okay, so we're done with the A's. We're moving on to the B's. How many teams in the Premier League, Jack, start with the letter B? Four. Good man, four. We're going to start with the first one, Bournemouth. Yeah, uh, Bournemouth, who they got? So they got Tyler Adams came in from Leeds United. Uh, Traore comes in. Um, Scott from Bristol City, nineteen-year-old centre midfielder. I don't know too much about, but obviously, obviously they see something in him. Kerkes left back. Uh, Clivert, bit of a yeah. famous name there. Uh, Patrick Clivert's son, and then um, Aaron, who's a, I think is a good signing, right back from Norwich. I like him a lot. I see him kind of. Um, been up and down a little bit between Premier League and Championship, but I think that's a good signing. Average age of arrivals for for Bournemouth, uh, twenty two point eight years old. So buying young, buying for the future, as well. Yeah, the new gaffer there is building that young team, right? And for me, Bournemouth were close to an A, but I've got them in the B category. I think they've got some young players in there. The the Alex Scott fella from Bristol City supposedly is exciting and according to my uh, my football manager knowledge he's uh, he's a wonder kid so maybe that lives up to being true. Uh, I'm surprised they've got a fantastic signing Tyler Adams. Um uh, for the American fans know a lot about Tyler Adams big part of the US national team. Um he was nearly going to Chelsea wasn't he? I think he, had, he was booked in for a medical and last minute they Chelsea pulled out and he's ended up at Bournemouth. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of him. I I don't think he's that. I don't know why Chelsea would have been interested in with the centre midfielders they have. He's nowhere near that same calibre as Casado and Enzo and all those guys. So I think they probably dodged a bullet there bringing him in. He just seems to be one of those guys that the 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 biggest thing I notice about Tyler Adams is when there's a ball to be won and he's the favourite to win possession of the ball. Rather than just taking possession, he loves to come in, slide, give it a slide tackle, 
when it's a 60-40 in his favour and then jump up and give it the big one like he's won a massive 50-50. Um, I'm not a big fan of him, to be honest. I think, I think he'll be fine at Bournemouth, but I don't, I don't know why Chelsea were ever interested in him. The Tyler Adams, all bark, no bite, you're saying? Yeah, I, I think he would put himself in the toughest... If you made the hardest 11 of the Premier League, he would put himself in it, and he wouldn't be anywhere near my team. Well, I shout, maybe in a few episodes we do a hard 11. That could be a good one. Yeah. But I think uh, Justin Clivert, I think he'll be interesting to see. I think uh, he's had an up-and-down career so far, if you could say a career at such a young age. But um, if he can take 10% from his father's playing career, what a player he was. Yeah. Uh, on the outgoings, haven't lost too much, right? Lerma gone out to Crystal Palace on a free. I probably kind of missed out a little bit there, letting him go on a free. Um, apart from that, not too much in terms of outgoings. So what have you put Bournemouth as then in terms of grades? Um, from, well, it's a, it's a balancing one, right? Because in terms of like what's going to impact this year, I think Climate can make an impact this year. I do think Tyler Adams probably will get game time. I think Aaron's is a good signing as an attacking fullback. I think he'll suit Bournemouth really well. I'm going to go just because I think it's also smart in terms of building for the future. I'm going to go a B. Middle I'm of the Yeah, I've gone a B. I, I agree in the aspect of building for the future. Like if they do go get relegated, I think they've got young players with sell on value. Yeah, sell on value or pe or players that will be there next year to get them back in the Premier League. I don't think they're going to be in a relegation battle, though. You just never know it, Bournemouth. All right, next B we've got is uh, Brentford. Brentford's a funny one, I think. I think when you think of Brentford, for me, I think of uh, the film Moneyball in terms of they're very data-driven. They pull out all these players that you can't even pronounce their names from Scandinavia, and then within a year or two, they're... They're being sold. They're, they're similar to a Brighton, I think. Yeah, I mean, incoming. So they've got a couple of youngsters. Colin, centre-back from Wolves, 22 years old. He was only there for a year, though. That's suspicious. He went there to Wolves for a year. Now he's here at Brentford. Is it? Is he one that is going to be a journeyman? No, I think just Wolves right now isn't the place to be. Um, a couple, And then a couple of players from Freiburg coming in as well. Is it Shad or Shed? Yeah, he was on there last year, I think, at the end of the year, and they've made that permanent. Yeah. Um, Is he going to replace Ivan Tony? I don't think so. No, certainly not. But that, that I think from Brentford, realistically, that is pretty impossible to replace the goals of Ivan Tony with their budget. Um, you know, they only spent 60, was it 60? Well, they haven't spent a lot of money. Um but they were in for a shout for buying uh, Brennan Johnson for Nottingham Forest. It was them at Brentford and Tottenham were battling it for Brennan Johnson. And supposedly Forest wanted uh, too much of a figure, so Brentford pulled out. But I could see someone like a Brennan Johnson would be good for Brentford, I think. Yeah, I mean, is that um, is that the player that they're going to bring in in the closing hours? I mean, it could be. I think I think Brennan Johnson's future is definitely up in the air. Um, I think he's a... He's a Welsh player with potential. Um, whether he's going to stay at Forest, I can see that happening just as much as, it, as him leaving, to be honest. Um, I think he, honestly, I think he's bang average. I, I, I don't think he scored enough. I think I saw a stat in 100 games, he scored maybe 20 goals. Uh, for me, that's not good enough as a striker. Um, it's, even if striker is his real position, he gets sometimes pushed out to the right. Um, I think Brentford can do better than Brennan Johnson. Yeah, for me, I'd give Brentford here probably a C minus. They have to make a decision, right? Are they, are they going to push on now? Or are they going to be one of those teams that's always going to be in danger of being dragged into a relegation battle? And I don't think, I don't think the transfer they made this summer would give their fans hope of really, uh, you know, looking like they push on. But at the same time, you know, they've never been big spenders. They've done things their way. It's hard to question it because they've been successful doing it. But for me, C+. plus. Yeah, I think they're toying around that C level. I think letting David Raya go as well was a mistake, but that could have been that could have been signed behind the, the closed doors of maybe an argument or he wanted to leave and get Champions League football. But whether he plays or not, that's a question to be asked. And if they do need to, I guess the player that they do need to bring in is 
with the Ivan Tony situation, you got to replace goals. Whether it be a striker who's going to score you 15 to 20 goals this year, or whether it be a couple of attacking midfielders that can chip in with 8 to 10 goals each. Okay, moving on then. I think the next team we're going to talk about for me is one of the most exciting teams in the Premier League, and that's Brighton. Brighton, for me, are a conveyor belt of talent. They'll ship a player out like they have done now with Caicedo, and they'll bring the next one in. They'll train him up. They'll turn him into a well-beater. Two years later, they'll sell him. But that conveyor belt, the cogs keep on turning. They keep producing year after year. Right? And I think looking at some of their business as well, the latest today um, from Fabrizio is saying that Ansu Fati from Barcelona is going to come to Brighton on loan. Yeah, that'd be massive. Because for me, my question is, for how long? How long can they keep it up? Um, you've seen in the past, right? Play teams that sell the best players eventually. It catches up with them. And I think they have made, you know, I think they've made some... I think the Yao, the Yao Pedro signing's exciting. I like him a lot from Watford. I think we spoke about him on a previous podcast. As soon as um, could be an up-and-coming breakthrough player. I think that's a great signing. I think like the James Milner signing for free is just a smart one in the sense of experience, playing him at right back. I kind of like it. You know, he, he definitely gives you an option and something different. But I, as much as, you know, Brian have proven that their scouting is great and their transfers work, I can't give them a good grade when they're constantly losing their best players and putting their manager and their transfer team under the pressure of having to repeat over and over and over again um, the kind of miracle that they're working. See, I disagree. I think, for me, I'd put Brighton as an A. I think the business they brought in, Jal Pedro, smart business. I think Dahoud and Milner, two free players from big clubs in Dortmund and Liverpool bring experience. Um and I just look at the players that they've managed to keep as well. I know they've sold Caicedo and McAllister, but I think people like Matoma, Matoma hasn't even been linked with a move away. And he's an unbelievable player. Maybe that's the next one next year. But for me, Brighton, I'm given as an A because of who they've somewhat managed to keep and see. So you've got Matoma, you've got the young lad up top, Evan Ferguson. And the players that they brought in, Dahoud, I think, is a good signing. Strong, consistent, holding midfield player. Because um, for me, McAllister hasn't done much for Liverpool. So I don't think they... Yeah, but listen, if, if any other club lost two of their starting centre midfielders in a transfer window, you would not be giving them an A. So all, all giving them an A is purely dependent and relying on them coming through again with the next group of players. Yeah, but they've, they've proven that for the last few years that they've done it. Every year they've let go of a player and look what's happened the following year. They got better. I don't think they've... But they're not to this extent. Not, they haven't lost their two starting centre midfielders. You know, losing Cucurella for 50 million. Yeah, you're going to take 50 million for Cucurella left back and they've... It's much easier to replace a left back than two central midfielders. I want to give them a C. C? Any of this club loses their best two central midfielders, you don't give them anything more than a C. But it's purely because it's Brighton, you're going to give them an A. I think you're well, You're hoping that Yao Pedro turns into something. You're hoping that one of these other players they bring in turns into something. And they will. I think Brighton, they've got the track record for the last few years of turning no-name players into big players. They've done it. So why can't they keep on doing it? But how many years have they done it? At least the last couple of years. Like, have you heard of Matoma? Have you heard of Inciso? But my point is they've done it for two years. Eventually it's going to stop. Eventually it's going to catch up. I think this year... Look, like I've like I've said previously, I like Brighton a lot. I like watching them a lot. I just think they're constantly giving their... I think they're all, always beating the odds. Why not have a transfer window where you put the odds in your favour rather than always being up against the odds? My only thing for Brighton potentially having a downfall is if they lose their gaffer. If they lose the Zerbi to a big team, they could struggle. Um, but I'm sticking strong on this. I think, they've, I think they've done well this year. And the other thing too is I think they've, I think they've brought in twice as much money from selling players than, than spending players. So I don't know if that's something that they need to do for the state of the club, but at some point, what happens if that was flipped? 
what happens if all of a sudden you start bringing in really the players that you want rather than the players that you need to develop? Then what could happen at Brighton? Maybe something, you know, maybe it's top four all of a sudden. But I can't give anything more than a C if you lose your starting two central midfielders. All right, well, we're going to... Put the odds in your favour for a change. Stop, stop fighting against the odds all the time. Well, we're going to agree to disagree and we'll move on. <laughs> but, yeah, we've got, you know, last few hours of the transfer window. Who do they need to sign? Who do, Burn uh, who do Brighton need to sign? I don't think they really need a big-name signing because that's not them, right? They're not going to sign a big name. I think you might see them pick up maybe one or two surprising deals, but we've just said they're right about Ansu Fati coming in. Super not coming in. I know his, I don't think there's an obligation to buy or any option to buy, but still having him for a year, if he falls in love with the Premier League and he enjoys playing at Brighton, who's to say that he doesn't stay next year? And that's that's a benefit of playing the style of soccer that Brighton have, right? All of a sudden, people at Barcelona want their players to go out loan to you. So it's a nice benefit of the style of play. That'd be cool. I'd love to see him fight in the Premier League as well. Yeah, good player. All right, so let's move on then into Burnley. Uh, it seems like Burnley's bought a whole army. Every time I uh, I look at the transfer news, it's Burnley signing a new player. I'm just looking now. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 players they brought in. That's a lot of incomings. Um, for me, the big one that they brought in that I'm excited to see more of is a young English player, James Trafford, the the lad that um, saved the penalty, right, in the Euros in the under-21s. Uh, yeah. He looks set to have a good career, but he's still young. You never know. Um, I'm just looking at who their other signers are. Sanderberg, a few years ago, I would have said he was a potential good player coming through, but I thought he was awful at Sheffield United. I don't think he really done much. Um, he went under the radar. Um but I think Burnley, they let go of Ashley Barnes. I think for those that know, obviously, and follow Burnley, Ashley Barnes has been there for years and is that experience. I think when you're coming up into the Premier League, I think you need that that experience around you, right? As a Huddersfield fan, you knew when you came up, you needed to sign players that had a bit of Premier League experience around you. You definitely need something. But for me, like you said, Burnley has signed an army. I think they've signed a lot of privates, but they haven't signed many uh, sergeant majors, have they? Um, maybe company can make something happen. I like. I agree with you. Trafford is a goalkeeper. I think is a good signing because I think he'll. I think he'll do well, and it's you know that could be a goalkeeper for the next ten years, or until he moves on to a bigger club. Because I do think he has the potential to be a very, very good goalkeeper. I wonder if City have got like a buying back clause in that uh, that sale. You would have thought so, right? Or something similar. I think they certainly should have tried to, whether whether it went through or not, I don't know. But, yeah, they certainly tried to. So I've, I've kind of put Burnley in between a B and a C. Um, I'm edging more towards a C because I haven't heard of our, half their players and I think it's signing the unknown coming into your first season in the Premier League can be can be a scary thing. Yeah, I've gone D. I don't know. I, none of those signings to me catch my... I catch my imagination. Give me any hope that they're going to make an impact into the league at all. I'd like to see company backed a bit more. A D for Burnley from Jack. That is harsh, but... And also, rather than signing, you know, I don't know how many players they've signed, like 10 players or maybe even more, but like have more quality and less numbers. If, if, if you know, you have a certain amount to spend. Yeah, it seems Burnley fans are trusting company, though, so uh, we shall see. Yeah, and I think he's earned the right for to be trusted. So, yeah, so the next club, um, it would probably take a whole episode to get for everyone that they've signed, uh, Chelsea. Um, it seems like it's just an ongoing every week. Right, who should we sign this week? Oh, let's have a new player, another new player, another new player. Many people might disagree with me here, and yourself included. I've put Chelsea as an F. I've put Chelsea as an A. So, for me, I, 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 I don't think they know what they're doing. I think they're just, they're almost playing a game of FIFA, a football manager with an endless bank account that's going, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to sign whoever I want. Oh, he's for it? Oh, I'm going to go for him. I'm going to go have him. 
they're, I think they've signed in the last, and I'm, I know we're talking about this transfer window, but in the last year or so, the amount of money that they have spent. And, it, and the amount of money they've gained. Because they, part, part of the transfer window too is about getting rid of players as much as it is bringing players in. They needed to get, they needed to, they needed to let players go. They needed to get rid of players. They got rid of, and you know, they've got good money for Havertz, good money for Mount. Uh, they've moved Kovacic on, which I do think was an error. I do like him a lot. Moving him on to Man City, I think it's a bit of a mistake. Koulibaly, age 32, moved him on, got money for him. Pulisic, wasn't good enough. Moved him on, got money for him. Mendy, moved him on. Loftus-Cheek, moved him on. He's had his, he had his chance, didn't cut it. Ampadu, moved him on. Lukaku needed to get out of there. They got him out of there. So, you know, same with a bunch of other players. That's for Leclerc, Kante. It's like moving on, starting afresh. Bringing in a lot of talent, a lot of young talent as well. Average age of arrivals, 21 and a half years old. So, for me, that's a club that's backing the manager, willing to spend the money. Yes, they spent a lot of money. They've also recouped a lot of money as well with the players that they've sold. So, I just like, I like when, when managers get backed and people look to sign real quality. Casida, Lavia, I think it was a bit of a reach with the money for that price tag i always have a bit of a concern if it, when you're buying a player that's been in a team that's been relegated and you're trying to get in the top four but um nico jack jackson i think is a very promising striker yeah i like it well look put it this way i think that some of the, the players that they have signed don't get me wrong talented players they are talented players but i just think some of the figures that are being knocked about with the players that they've signed like, I'm looking at it here, and it's in dollars, but Caicedo, $197 million. It's not your money. It doesn't matter. It's it not matter. The numbers are irrelevant. How much the, the, the money is irrelevant? It's not irrelevant because it, those fees keep going up. It's the fans that are going to get it because the ticket prices are going to go up because they need to recuperate it, and all, everything's going to keep going up and up and up and up, and it's going to eventually... Every club in Europe is going to be owned by a mega rich person who wants to treat it as a franchise. And Chelsea with Todd Bowley is exactly that. He's treating it like a franchise and he's just dishing out money. How are they going to get in the next club? They've signed people onto eight year contracts. If one of them found a, yeah, he found a loophole around financial fair play and people didn't like it. So they changed the rules, which is but, fine, which is fine. But if you're signing the amount of, the amount of money that the club gets from ticket sales is such a small percentage of the balance sheet it's really irrelevant if the prices go up ten dollars or not i know they chelsea fans will say well they just i think they i saw them today they just got rid of the all their subsidized subsidized travel to away games but ultimately the club's not there to pay for your travel so the money's irrelevant in the sense that it's not your money no, but hear me. Unless the club goes through FFP and gets past it, which is the only reason the money's relevant to people is because other te other teams' fans can complain and say, "Ha, look at you! You spent all this money on a player." Doesn't matter, right? Okay, I agree to some of those points, but the fact that they're signing these players to eight-year deals—what happens if they're absolute garbage in a couple of years? They ain't selling them; they're just going to sit there picking up a wage because that eight-year contract matters. So I think. Fair enough. You're right in terms of they can spend whatever they want to spend. If they have the money, spend it. If you're a rich person, you ain't going to buy a Peugeot 206. You're going to buy a Ferrari. Okay? So, my issue here is the signing to eight-year contracts. For example, in Kunku, if he turns out to be an absolute flop, he's got eight years to stay there. What are they going to do? No one's going to want to touch him with a barge pole because he's on mega wages and they're not going to be able to buy him out of his contract. That's my issue with Chelsea. They're going to move him on, and they're going to take a loss. Yeah. But obviously, it looks at the numbers, and and for it's worth the gamble in the sense of if if one out of the... If they sign four players to big contracts and one of them flops, all right, we'll cut our losses. We might lose big money. We might lose 50 million on that. But then, you know, people at Man United lose that much money on transfers all the time without doing big contracts. Look at the Harry Maguire situation. It didn't take a big contract for them to be struggling to move him on. No comment. 
anyway, I'm put, I'm I'm giving Chelsea good grade here because they've got rid of a lot of players they need to get rid of and got decent money for them. Pretty short, you know. They recouped a lot of the money with the players they sold. They brought in some good talent and players, good young talent and players too. I'm stick it. I'll I'll the the contracts thing. I'll take into consideration. I'll move it down to an A minus. For me, though, they still need a striker. I know they've signed about 500 players, but they still need a striker. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're putting a lot of faith in Jackson. They're only 22 years old. I do think he's a good player, but I agree. Uh, if they really want to get in that top four, a big, big name striker would be a big, big plus for them. I am going to give him some credit in terms of they can pull off the suspected rumor of Cole Palmer coming in. I think he's an exciting young English talent. Um, so they do manage to get in, but will he get game time? Because the position he plays in, they signed 25 players in that position. Yeah, yeah. we shall see. But all right, so let's move on then. We've got uh, my local club growing up, Crystal Palace. Um, not really much to say because I don't think they've really signed anyone. Not done much. Franca coming in, attacking midfielder from Flamengo. Uh, Dean Anderson, good goalkeeper, good signing. Uh, no, I'll, I'll give you one on that though so I was fortunate enough to obviously go to the Man United training and uh, I managed to have a little chat with Dean Henderson um, I think he's very in his head he he spent an extra 10 minutes at the end um, taking more shots because he kept dropping a ball and he wanted more and he wanted more and I, I overheard him talking to the coaches and he was just saying like, I don't feel right I know he's come back from a, a surgery um, but he, he, he was kind of saying to me and uh he was just saying, like, he doesn't feel himself. And I think going to Palace, I think maybe he might get in as a number one. But I think Johnson's just got into the England squad. So why is Roy Hodgson going to drop him at the moment? So he has got a lot of work to do. But I do think it is a decent signing. Yeah. I mean, I think the only way to get back into the groove of feeling like himself is games, right? And playing first-team games. Um, I do think we also need, like, a little... Breaking news, siren, or something that goes a lot goes off when when you give us the inside scoop on these on on the whoop, whoop, you know, whoop, player, whoop. you know player interviews that you're doing. I am the new Fabrizio. Yeah, um, do it, CEO. But yeah, Henderson coming in. It's an interesting point. I don't know if goalkeeper was really the position they needed to fix, but well, Guaita threw his toys out the pram and threw a hissy fit and didn't want to play. So if you have a chance, Google it and you'll see Roy Hodgson talking on a Norwegian TV channel, slating Guaita. Um, <laughs> but again, if talking about YouTube, you have to do this. Go and see the transfer, like, unveiling video for their new player, Franca, the Brazilian player. You're not going to be disappointed. Trust me, go on YouTube. That video is unbelievable. And then Lerma on a free from Bournemouth, right? But they haven't yeah. replaced Zaha. Zaha was their main star player. I think they're going to do a bit of business. He was. I don't think you. I think any Palace fan is disappointed to lose him. I, they knew they were going to lose him, but they haven't replaced him. I don't. I think if you're looking over the last time of many years, sure he was their star player last year. He wasn't their star player as he was. I think. I think they see that Zaha is now on the decline. They've got a bit of money. For, well, no, they didn't get any money, but they've got him off the words bill at least. But um, I think if he wanted to leave, now it's not a bad time for Zaha to leave. I think, you know, he's yeah, he, he's been probably a bit of a legend for Crystal Palace. Um, I don't know if it's the end of the world for the team now. I think like I think three years ago, they would have been a massive mess for him. I think now they're in a position to to be okay with that him leaving yeah but Crystal Palace overall not done a lot don't know if goalkeeper was the area that they really need to spend the money but that's where they, where they have spent money uh, I've given them a D yeah I'll go with a D I think they've been poor um, alright well they're well, looking to get a D they're looking yeah. to get a D moving on from that sour note um, Everton probably another sour one here They, I've got Believe it or not, they're joining the Chelsea bandwagon in the, in the F grade category. I think they've uh, they based on how they've looked, they're going down. Well, they did make the massive signing of uh, the thirty eight year old Ashley Young, so that's great. Um, Harrison on loan from Leeds again. Whenever you sign a player that's been relegated, I like Harrison, but I think he's a very good Championship player. Um, average. Yeah, I mean, not done a lot. It's best, and the thing too is like, and I know that they're 
somewhat constra- constrained with financial fair play and whatnot, but you've just missed relegation. You've just survived. If that's not a kick up the backside to get busy and to make changes to your squad, then I don't know what is. So, but you know what I think it is with Evan? I think they're struggling from a financial point of view, right? They've spent all that money in the last probably three or four years. They might not be able to anymore. By them being down the bottom of the league, they have to be careful. If they have another season like that and get relegated and they go and sign all these players in this window, that could be them going into administration within the next couple of years. We've seen it with the likes of Leeds and Sunderland and people like that that have gone down and not bounced up. Well, that's well, that's the issue, though, is that if you don't spend money and you do go down, you've got a new stadium on the build, too. So I know it's a risk, but I think you have to kind of... I don't know. Do you have to take a bit of a risk in, in order to say, yeah, we need to stay up here? I mean, I think they're lucky in the sense that I think two of the teams that come have come up into the Premier League are two, are two of the... I don't know if there's ever been two two teams weaker than Luton and Sheffield United in the Premier League at the same time. So in that sense, they're a little bit fortunate that I think everyone expects Luton and Sheffield United to go down and Everton are just battling to not be that third team to go down. So for me, I'm having Everton is as an F, what you're saying. Yeah, an F. And honestly, just like sort it out. Board of Everton now. It's like, they're, I know the fans like to call themselves a big club, but it's time for them to start proving it. Or off. I feel like uh, Everton's becoming like the most disliked club in on the podcast. Yeah. I... Goodbye. See you later. I've I've we've spoken enough about Everton. See you. Um, let's move on then to uh, to Fulham. Um, Fulham, I think, have kind of gone under the radar a little bit. They haven't really done much. They haven't wowed anyone. They're just going to be there and thereabouts. They're a they're a team that finished ten to fifteenth, I think, and so be it. Uh, maybe. I mean, but the issue is they've lost Mitrovic. They've lost a lot of goals there with him. And right now, they're real, they're hoping that Raul Jimenez is going to be the replacement to score all those goals, which I can't see myself. He hasn't looked the same since his head injury, has he? No, and that's, you know, really unfortunate for him. It was a real nasty one. And you can't really um, knock him too much on that. But for Fulham, you, you lost a lot of goals. Goals are what win your games. Goals are what get your points. And goals are what keep you out of a relegation battle. So, I've... I fear that unless they do something about that, they might get dragged into that bottom group. Yeah, they have uh, they have signed Oil Arms. You know who Oil Arms is? Adama Traore. He puts Babel on his arms so people don't grab him. Yeah, he's a beast, but he's really good at running really fast. I wish I'd have known about that as a kid, putting Babel on my arms. Nobody would have grabbed me. Uh, yeah, no one was trying to catch you there, so it's fine. Yeah, when I was playing in the uh, in the Dovin Duck United League. But yeah, Fulham gotta do more if you wanna not risk getting involved with that relegation battle. You need to replace the goals from Mitrovic. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's spot on there. I I'd put them as a C. I think they, uh, but again, they could they with the money that they've made from their their outgoings, they might make a late signing tomorrow. You never know. All right. So what we're we gonna give them? I'm going with a C. I don't know about you. I'm going to go D. D. It's all about goals. Go all right, moving on to Liverpool. Made three signings. You want to tell everyone the three the three ins that they've got last year? The only reason you've said to me to say about the signings is because you know full well I cannot pronounce their Hungarian player. But you know what? I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to give it a go. So they've signed Alexis McAllister. They've signed Wataru Endu, and they've signed Dominic Bozlai, Bozlai, no idea, go on, you have a go, I dare you. Yeah, well you'd think with me having a Hungarian last name myself, I'd have a better chance, but... Isn't he your cousin? (laughs) So Bozlai, something like that. The Bozlai, that's it, you got it. Well, it looks like a good player to me. Yeah, he's a diver, though. He dived the other week to get that penalty. No contact, fell over the ball. Diver. Well, that's the Premier League. Um, not a lot coming in, though, right? Three players coming in. Oh, I would they're... argue it's more about quality and impact, and I do feel like they're signings that are going to make an impact. 
you know, breaking new signings, ten signings, and to put on the bench or people that are going to really make an impact on your team. I have got some breaking news though. They have uh, Fabrizio has just put a "Here we go" tweet up saying that they have to sign that Ryan uh, Gravenbach from uh, Bayern Munich. Um, he didn't play much last year, but in his Ajax days, he was a good player. Um, yeah, I feel like Ryan, Ryan Gravenbach's been one of those players for the last few years that there's been a lot of hype about people to always talking about their potential, saying that he's going to be a great player. Hasn't necessarily fulfilled it yet, but maybe Klopp, maybe Klopp's the man. Yeah, all hype. All hype. It's, uh, I think Liverpool need maybe a few signers. I think I think they're weak in the, the back line. I think they need another centre-back. I think, yeah, Van Dijk's a good player. You've got Canati next to him, but Joel Matip's in his last year of his contract. Um, I'm trying to think of who their other centre-half is, but I think they need a top centre-back next to Van Dijk, especially if he goes away giving away uh, cheap penalties every week. Well, it is the other issue in Liverpool that they don't get. They seem to lose players on a free quite a lot, right? Firmino gone on a free. Milner, okay, he's age 37, out on a free. Navicator, out on a free. Oxlade Chamberlain, out on a free. I'm not saying you should be getting massive amounts of money for those players, but you should be getting something back, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, they do have, though, a few. I would say the good thing going for Liverpool, they do have a few exciting youngsters coming through with Harvey Elliott and, and people like that. Um, but I think Liverpool might might spring a surprise tomorrow. And I know they've signed that, that fella from Bayern Munich, but I think they might get one more in the door, potentially. But I've got Liverpool fluctuating between a B and a C. Um, I've gone with like a, a C plus. I'm going to give them a B now they've got Graven back. The other thing I would say is when they're competing against Man United, central midfield for Manchester United was an area that people of concern, as was Liverpool. And Liverpool have brought in three plus Graven backs, now four midfielders. So they've addressed the problem. They've got a fantastic front three. They've got good, I think, good individual defenders without being fantastic defensively as a team. Midfield was the weakness, and they've they've gone and addressed it. So are you say are you saying pretty much that they might be in for a shout of winning the league, winning the league now, uh, but top four, yes, I would. I know we did our predictions a few weeks ago. I was going to say you weren't saying that the other week, were you? If I could go back in time, I would switch Liverpool in third place. I would go City, Arsenal, Liverpool third, Newcastle fourth. Oh, here we go. Time machine Jack over it. Back to the future. Well, yeah, I'm going to give them a... What did I say I was going to give them? What grade? You said a B. I said a C+. Plus. I want to give them a B. Sa- if Salah leaves, that'd be massive. That might take it well. I think the big thing there is the Saudi League transfer window finishes a week after the Premier League. If they lose him after the transfer window goes, they're done. Well, no, because I think they've still got a front three of what? They've got people like Darwin Nunes. They've got... Luis Diaz, they've got... Yeah, they've got Salah we're talking about. Most Salah is probably in the top top three to five players in the Premier League. Sure, but if they get £150 million for a 31-year-old who would probably go cheaper next year, right? I don't know how... I don't think he's got a long, lot of time yeah, left. Are their owners going to put it back into the playing squad? they got to put some of it back in, haven't they? We'll see. All right, so let's move on then to the other rail. Let's go to Luton. Um, I, I kind of feel like I don't know too much about Luton kind of coming into league. They've got a good story behind them, right? They're the underdog coming in. They're playing their first game at their home stadium, which is surrounded by a bunch of apartments. Um, but for me, they haven't done enough to stay up. Ross Barkley was one of their big signings, and he's been as much fun as a wet rag. Well, I think it's more a case of, if, you, if you're being realistic, if you're them, you're buying players... Sure, you're going to try and stay up. You're not going to accept defeat. But you've got to be realistic and say, we got to bring players in that, if we go down this year, aren't going to be running out of the door. They're going to be good quality championship players to try and help us get promoted again afterwards. Uh, Ryan Giles, the left-back, I think, is a good signing. Attacking left-back. I think he'll... You know, you got to try and create chances somehow. I think he'll help in that. Uh, and then, into, you know, getting... Chong from Birmingham, I think he buys someone who has a point to prove, who wants to be a Premier League player, you're giving him a chance. Ross, it, you could say the same with Ross Barkley, right? You're giving him, he's got a point to prove. He has, he's gone way off it since 
his younger days and he's got a chance to to prove himself again so depending on wages I think there's some smart signings that hopefully when they do go down and I'm going to say when they go, go down this year they're in a good place to come back up or compete to try and come back up hopefully we don't have any Luton fans listening to this podcast because uh, they'll be coming in your head is there Luton? ouch ouch alright so moving on then Man City Hmm. It pains me to say, but the treble winners just—I don't think you can ever underrate them. Well, again, this is a good example, I think, of buying quality rather than quantity. Guardiola, big fan of that. Twenty-one. I didn't realise he was only twenty-one as well. But arguably the best centre back at the World Cup, right? Um, Doku, I think, is a lot. Of, if you play football manager, you'll know about him. And then Kovacic, like I said before, I think he's a very good central midfielder. Man United should have been biting, you know, biting Chelsea's hand off to get him in. Um, so three, only three signings, but three top, top signings. And if you're going to ask me, what do they need to do before the transfer window? They've got so many good players, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that Kovacic uh, signing is a, a shrewd signing from them. I am going to miss, as I've, I l- used to love watching Gunnigan play. Um, mm. He did treat, uh, creep up with some goals for them, though. Um, so where are they going to replace that from? I know Rodri got a goal at the weekend. Maybe he's going to kind of have a change of role and responsibility to kind of try and be like that. That position almost is like an eight getting into the box and finishing. Um, but it, it no, well, yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Because, you know, I would say that's... Mara's going. I think a couple of seasons ago he was their top assists. Yeah. Uh, Gundogan, I agree, quality player, also scored important goals at important times. And then with De Bruyne and Allen should, maybe they, the player they need to bring in is that attacking midfielder. Well, they're signing Nunes from Wolves, aren't they? Yeah, but I, and the thing about that too, is I was thinking, because obviously he went on strike at Wolves, literally stopped going to practice, refused to play is if I'm Man City, if I'm Pep Guardiola, that puts me off that player immediately. That tells me about his personality and his attitude, and I go, that would that would turn my interest. If I'm if I'm in Man City's position of power, I don't need to bring that type of person into the club. Yeah, quite toxic maybe. Um, I've given City a a B, but almost they might be able to creep into an A. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say B because I think Guardiola very good signing, but they haven't. You know, I, I I think it's important that when you're on top, that's the time to buy because that's when people want to beat your club. That's the time to buy the best of the best. Um, Bardiol, I think they've found, signed a very good player. Kovacic, a good backup central midfielder. Doku, still unproven. Use the power that you have right now in that you are the number one club in the world to bring the best players in the world to your team. Yeah, no, I agree. Um... The next club we're going to mention, uh, I might have to give a pre-warning. If you hear somebody crying, that is me. I think Man United's business this summer has been awful. Uh, you, have brought, you brought Johnny Evans back. Oh, big one. Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans has pushed Maguire into fifth place. But we are just a shambolic club at the moment. We haven't got a clue what we're doing. I saw, I saw an article today. Jurgen Klopp. And Pep Guardiola, when they took over their clubs, didn't sign ex-player of theirs. Eric Ten Hag seems to be signing every player that's played for him in the past. You've got this Amrabat potentially coming in. Amrabat said back in June that he wants to play for Man United. And we've waited all this time. Man United have had a history of struggling to sell players. And that has been the case again this year. Man United need to sort out the backroom. I'm not going to talk about the owners because, for me... Get the owners out, yes, but they have given money to transfers. You can't argue with that. But the people running the transfer department and all of that, I can't I can't say any nice things about them. We should, and Eric Ten Hag rumouredly, supposedly wanted Harry Kane and his number one target. The fact that we didn't sign Harry Kane, who would have, is a proven goal scorer, who would have propelled us from 
oh, you know what, Man United might get in the top four to, you know what, they might be pushing on and knocking on Man City's door. That's what Harry Kane does to a team. Um, we've signed Rasmus Hoyland. He's injured. You've signed a player that's gonna, that has to go to the sick room straight away. Um, Mason Mount, I'm on the fence about. I definitely don't think he's, he's good enough to be our number seven. Um, the only good thing I would say about Man United is they've tried getting rid of a few players. Um, but for me, we're, we're way off the pace and it pains me to say that I'm giving Man United an F. Uh, yeah, I think for a long time you had to get you needed to get rid of some dead wood. You you can do not not enough. You haven't got rid of Harry Maguire for a start, and McTominay. I think for the good of his career, should be moving on and wanting to move on. But you have got rid of people like Henderson, Alanga, Fred, Tellers, you know, and then some younger players like Iqbal, Mengi, Tuanzebe, people like that. So in that sense, you you have got rid of you know some players that will just didn't make the cut that were hanging around and, and they needed to be moved on. And I know I think it's a good signing. I, I do like that one. I'm nervous. Well, I think he'll be a good goalkeeper for Man United for the next five years or so, to be honest. Well, um, the main attribute you want in a goalkeeper, to be able to save the ball. I don't know if you saw the game against Forrest, but the, I think it was the second goal where he's running through on goal. He like, almost like, do I go, do I not go? He's fantastic with his, the ball at his feet. I get it. But I, I think he actually has like a unique style about it in that he doesn't come flying out in the same way as a lot of goalkeepers do to clutter an Flying out, he just can't stay out the player last week. No, but in the sense of like when someone runs through on goal in one on one situations or is in the box on the ball, he kind of stays on the goal line a bit more and backs himself to make the save rather than coming out and trying to close the ball down, which is. Um, I think he just backs himself and his athletic ability to make serves. I, I think it'll be a good signing for you. Mason Mount, I said before they signed him that it was always a player that I never understood the hype about, but there was so much hype that I just assumed there's something that I was missing. But So I think we'll, only time will tell with that, and, and Hoyland too, I guess. you know, Let's find out in two years how good he is. Um, I think F's a little bit harsh on the D. Yeah, I, uh, I've i got my Kleenex next to me ready to cry about Man United, so please, if we can move on to Newcastle. Uh, Amrabat coming in would be a plus. Yeah, Newcastle, Tonali, great signing. Harvey Barnes, great signing. Livermento, right back, good signing. Um, so I'm going to say that Newcastle, I'm going to give them a... I'm going to go with an A as well. Yeah, I was about to sit in, and I'm like, I would rather well, give them an A. I'm giving them an A because of Tonali. Harvey Barnes is a good player, but he's not going to set the Premier League on fire. He's not going to be the different. He's not going to be the reason you're in the top four. Yeah, but yeah, you're right in Tonali. And I don't know if you saw the Champions League draw, but he's going back to AC Milan. Tough group they're in for sure. Wow, what a group! What a group they have. But yeah, for me, Newcastle, I'm going to give them an A minus. I would like them to really. Open that checkbook out and make a real big statement signing the last day. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't see that happening. I, I just feel like they have a, a way about doing it. And I don't know about you, but they have a documentary on Amazon Prime. Um, it's a good little watch and they talk, it, it kind of follows a little bit behind the scenes of how they've made their signings. Um, and they are they do seem to be shrewd business people. Um, but for me, yeah, I think Newcastle... They've made some good business. Um, Tenali's a player. Um, and they just signed Lewis Hall on loan. And I think he had a, a good few weeks. He was probably one of Chelsea's bright sparks towards the end of the season. Good young player. Uh, loan with an option to buy. So, uh, yeah, Newcastle and me are one of the A's. Um, Nottingham Forest. I think we've, they've gone from signing 25 players last year to signing only a few players this year. Um I've got them fairly low. Um, I think their best signing, their best two signings that they've made is Anthony Alanga. I think he'll be good for them. And I think if, if they do end up in the next year or two going down, he's a, a good championship level player. Um, and Matt Turner, the US keeper, I think he'll be a, a good signing for them. And I can see I can see Matt Turner turning into like a 10-year veteran of Forest and playing there for his career and becoming a legend there. I agree that they're the best two signings. I think Olanga would be upset about you calling him a championship player. Only 21 still. 
I do think there's potential there. I, I would, he's the type of player that if Forrest went down, I would expect him to be leaving and going to another below average Premier League team. Um, for me, it's nice that they haven't gone crazy like they did last year, but uh, I'm going to see. Yeah, I've got him around that C mark. Um, Sheffield United, I had fluctuating between a D and an F. Um, I just don't think they've done enough business to stay up. I think they've done business to think about next year back in the championship. Which is fine. I think that's fair. I think it's realistic. Um, I don't think I'd even waste my time talking much about them. I don't know half the players that they've signed. I don't know if that's ignorant or disrespectful from me, but they'll uh, they'll be at the bottom of the table with their holding everyone's back up. Yeah, I think the good thing that they have done is by a young promising striker with Archer coming in from Villa, who if they go down well, next year in the championship, you'd hope would get score the goals to get you back up again. Yeah. Um next team we have then on there is uh, is Spurs. Um big question for them. Will they replace Harry Kane? They have to, right? I don't think Ricardoson is gonna get the goals that Kane got. They have to replace him. Well, I don't think anyone's going to get the goals that Kane got, but he's not the man. They do need to bring a striker in. Not, no one's going to come in and score Kane's numbers, but Richarlison's way off it, I think. I think um, a big signing. good signing. I think getting Harry Kane out of there was needed. Um, and obviously, you've got to get the money when you can and not let him go on the free next year. Um, I do think it's a pretty average transfer window that's been covered up by the good start of the season that they've had. Big Ange doing well there. Um, the only thing for me that could be a, a good signing for them, they've been linked with Conor Gallagher at Chelsea. I think that would be a good signing for them, and I can see him kind of making his career his own at Tottenham. Um, I don't think he's... I know he's started a lot of games, but I think uh, with the new signings Chelsea's made, he'll be out of the team soon enough. But for me, Tottenham have been fine. Um, I've kind of got them around like the, the C plus B level. Uh, they're okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be going into the Bs. I think it's got to be C minus or a C. Madison, good signing, but address the problem. Hurricane has left a big hole that you need to fill. Yeah. Well, the next team for me uh, are in the contenders for the A category, West Ham. I think when they sold Declan Rice, everyone was going and talking about, oh, how are they going to replace Declan Rice? It's Declan Rice. But I think they've made some fantastic business. I think the signing of James Ward-Prowse for them, cheap, fairly cheap, um, is huge. Edson Alvarez from Ajax, I think he's a good player. He had a good uh, Champions League spell in the last few years. And the other Ajax player, the Mohamed uh, Kudus, um, is an exciting player um, who I'm going to be probably looking to get into my fantasy team in the next few weeks. Yeah, Ward-Prowse seems to be one of those players that like every fan loves no matter who you support, and everyone rated him, and everyone thought he was a great player, and he should be in the England squad and all of this, but none of the big clubs wanted him. Um, and now he's with West Ham, and he's proven, proven how good he is. So West Ham, I'm going to give a B plus. Well, I still, I'm my concern with West Ham, and I think it, I've said this about a lot of teams now, and it shows how many good strikers are around, which I don't think is many. They right now they've got Antonio playing up front, and he's doing well. But he's not going to last, and they need they need goals. They do. I can see them maybe going in for a strike last minute. It's it's crazy to think every team that we said what do they need? It's a lot of strikers. If you're a striker out there looking for a club, get yourself out there because a lot of Premier League players need uh, teams need you. Uh, I yeah, I do think there's a lot of good ones around. To be honest. No, I think you're right. I think it's it's hard, and I think the market's kind of oversaturated of from the financial point of view of trying to get a good striker in. But for me, West Ham have done a good job replacing Declan Rice and using that money very well. Um, so that leads us on to the last team, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, they are joining, for me, the F club. Um, I think it was the reason why their manager left, right? He, he wanted them to sign more players and they didn't. So he left, he packed his bags, went back to Spain and said, you know what, I'm going to go sit on a beach. Sod you lot. Um yeah, Wolves to me haven't done anything. Yeah, and now, you know, it looks like they're going to lose another player, right? Nunes leaving. 
Yeah, that, the only thing you can see maybe from them is if they lose Nunes and they use that money to maybe bring in one or two like almost like championship level players. Um, but knowing Wolves, they'll probably sign some more Portuguese players. Um, but for me, yeah, Wolves are in the F class. They're uh, they're they're staying back for detention because they need extra uh, extra learning. Yeah, I think they're putting themselves in a very troublesome place. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they're the third team and they're the, for that third relegation place goes to them. Um, yeah, it's what I don't know why. They've had enough years in the Premier League now to, to know that they have to keep backing themselves year after year when in the transfer window if they want to... There's no point trying to stand still. You've got to keep moving forward or else you, you, you start heading south. Yep, I agree. Um, so that's kind of all of our grades done for the Premier League. We'll probably listen back over the weekend after the deadline and uh, all the clubs should probably have listened to this so they uh, they make some shrewd businesses. Or we're going to look like clowns and we've got it all wrong. Um, whatever. Um, we're going to go with it. Um, I've kind of enjoyed this transfer and I think there's been some good signings. I think tomorrow's going to be very exciting. Um, yeah, I honestly, it's interesting. I think there'll be a lot of business. I'm still waiting for like, the big the big names, the big moves. Um, right now, my favourite signing in the window has been Tenali, because I like him a lot. I think he's a very good player. Um, but I'm waiting for the, the big name moves. There's not really been one, except from, you know, Neymar flying on his private 747 or whatever it was, Jimbo Jet. Exactly. Well, I've enjoyed talking about all the teams. Um, I know it's been a longer podcast, um, but we had to get through all the teams. Um, some exciting news for our listeners. Next week will be uh, the first episode where we bring a guest on to the po. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Um, that'll be released on social media. Please give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter. Um, we do appreciate any likes and sharing of the pod. Um, but Jack, before I go, do you have any more thought to who the mystery player might be? There was only one that I could think of and it was just a... Uh... It kind of threw me off though because I was trying to think of a French player but the person I have in mind isn't a French international oh. is that correct it isn't french i i think he's a brazilian oh he's not the brazilian center back alex <clears throat> no you want to know who it is no. claude makalele oh i should have got that one i thought that was an easy one i thought i teased you in there with a little bit of real madrid and chelsea Maybe our listeners got it towards the end if uh, if they haven't fallen asleep. <laughs> yeah, I will follow that one. Should have gone with the Real Madrid idea. So yeah, that's uh, that's the end now of episode three. Uh, we look forward to you joining us next week with our special guest to be announced. Keep an eye on so.